I want to I want to recap the message that I, I shared about a new era uh, uh, two weeks ago. If you haven't listened to it on podcast or heard it online, and you're a member of our church, can I encourage you to tune into it? It'll help you uh, get a feel of where we are. Someone texted me this week and said, "I've seen it. I've watched it." four times already because I just feel God so strongly on it for us as a church and it really I spoke out of the scripture Genesis 35 11 and 12 and it says this then God said I am El Shaddai which means God Almighty or the God of the miraculous be fruitful and multiply you will become a great nation even many nations kings will be among your descendants and I will give you the land I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants after you. And so there were six aspects I talked about this, uh, this new era that I believe that God has put in our heart and six uh, they're prophetic statements that come directly out of that scripture. And I want to read them to you. I've got them here and I just want to just quickly recap on them. First, of, of, out of that scripture, um, the first marker that I see for this new era that God's leading us into. And the reason we're using the expression new era is we had a, a prophet come and visit us a few months ago, uh, an internationally recognized prophet who'd never been to our church and spent three or four days praying. And he came with this message, God's got a new era for your church uh, that's birthing in 2018 that will, and he's giving you a new mantle that'll have national and global significance for what he's calling us to do. So that's why the phrase a new era. So the first thing out of that scripture is that we, I believe we're going to see greater levels of the miraculous in our church. The second thing is we're going to see unprecedented numbers of people making a decision to follow Jesus or people being saved. I believe we're going to see significant growth of our church and multiplication across 10 locations. And this year we've begun planning and thinking about the potential locations that God has for us. And in our dream team in August, we're going to reveal uh, a number of those that we believe God has for us. It's a list of about 12 or 13 potentials. So it's not like these are the definites, but 12 or 13 potentials. Uh, one definite that I want to share with you, an exciting story in dream team in August. Number four is the emergence of influencers and entrepreneurs who will have local national and global impact and i want to talk about that today kings will be among your descendants number five it talks about our land and we're we're believing together and i believe a, a big trigger moment for our new era is going to be the selling of rainforest drive for five million dollars the purchase of power road for eight million dollars and then the building of our own land our own um, nationally significant facilities for ten million dollars debt free on power road and then number six is in the, the big part of this new era is we believe because we're going to be moving from Kiwana to a different location and we'll have um, sites across Sunshine Coast and around Australia that we will need a new name that will unite our church as one church in many locations. So there are six things that I, I believe are signs of a new era for us together. All right. So give me an amen if you're with me. All right. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not an era, it's an era when we get the pronunciation right okay it's not a new era it's a new era fantastic all right so this morning i want to talk around uh, out of this one phrase in that scripture in genesis 35 and it says this kings will be among your descendants kings will be among your descendants and i want to speak out of this over the next two weeks uh, and and the the topic the, the title of my message is influences and entrepreneurs influencers and entrepreneurs this is what i believe is a prophetic promise for us as a church 
that, that we will have kings. And when it talks about your descendants, it's not just talking about our, our natural descendants. It's talking about our spiritual descendants. Those who, are, who both are born again in this house are our spiritual descendants. And those who are adopted into the family are part of our spiritual descendants. This is not an age thing. Uh, you, we, we have got uh, 75-year-olds who are part of the spiritual family here together, who've got born again or become part of the, the house of God here together. And I believe that part of the promise is for every one of us in that, in that um, component. Now, you might be here this morning, and your step towards where God's got for you is the very first step of joining the family. You don't join the family by signing a piece of paper. You join the family by opening up your heart to God. And when God comes into your heart because you open up your heart to Him, everything changes from that moment. Your identity changes because God, we use the phrase, He makes you born again. He gives you a brand new identity. You become a brand new person. You're not the old you trying to be a new you. You're actually, the old you died with Jesus when He got crucified on the cross. And spiritually, you become a new person, a new person. In Coffs Harbor, I went to a coffee shop called uh, Old John's Coffee Shop. And I took that not to be about my age at that moment. I took that to be about, um, this, is, this is the old me that's been left behind, and I'm a new creation in Christ. And if, you're part, if, if you make that decision to give God your life, it will be the best decision that you could make. And from that moment forward, you will be able to tap into all the potential that God has created you with when you invite Him into your life. And so at the end of this service today, if you've never done that, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, yes, I want God to come into my heart. I want to receive the new identity that He has for me. I want to be born again, and I want to start living the best life that I was created for with Jesus Christ on the inside give me an amen if that's your a uh, good idea today all right so out of that so this new creation the bible talks about two aspects of this new creation i'm recapping on my message but the bible talks about in the new testament when you join god's family you become both a priest and a king a priest and a king okay in the old testament they had priests who would minister to god and minister to the people and they would sort of be they'd be a, a combination from god and the people the priests were like a link in between Okay, but in the New Testament, the Bible comes and tells us that when you get born again, you now are a priest. So you can, uh, you know, you don't need to call me Father John, but you, you, you don't, and you're not officially, like, you don't need to wear a collar around your neck. I used to want to, when I was a little kid, get a little collar around my neck. You don't need to have that, but you become a priest the moment you receive Christ into your life. You are a priest. That means from now on, you don't need an in-between you and God. Jesus is the in-between you and God. Your relationship with God is not through a pastor or a priest or a reverend. Your relationship through God is is through Jesus, the great high priest, and now you are a priest, okay? And so when you're a priest, there are aspects of being a priest that the Bible talks about, and some of them go like this. Uh, we minister to God as priests. We come and we worship Him, and we sing to Him, and we pray to Him, and we give Him pleasure and joy and bring glory to Him. That's part of our priestly role. Uh, we, we minister to our family. If you're, a, if you're a father or a mother, you have a, a role of being a priest to your family, of ushering in God's presence to your family. Family, training them in the ways of God. Uh, we, we are priests to one another. And priest really means to serve on behalf of God. 
We're serving one another with the spiritual gifts that God's given us. So right now, I'm using my a spiritual gift of preaching to minister or serve to you to help you get closer to God. When you came to church, someone greeted you and they, they hopefully they lit up your week by smiling and being the big hug, just like my day, as Josh was saying. And, so, and someone served you. Someone's serving you right now by looking after your children in creche or kids' church. Someone, someone's going to serve you. Someone served you by putting brochures out on seats. The team here served you and I by leading us into worship. People are going to serve us afterwards by making coffee. All of these things. People are serving us by leading us in small groups right throughout the week. These are, these are, are priestly roles. And every one of us have a priestly role to one another. And God's wired you and I up with spiritual gifts and abilities when you got born again. Part of your being born again in your DNA was a spiritual gift so that you and I could be priests to one another. And if you want to know what your spiritual gift is, straight after this service, every month on the third week of, of every month, we run a course, a class, Next Step Session 3, it's Discover Your Purpose. And in that, you'll be able to work out this is the spiritual gift that God gave me when I was born again so that I can be a priest to the, the church family that I'm part of. Making sense? So five minutes after this, straight out upstairs, you'll be able to do that today. I really encourage you at some point to do that course today. It'd be a great day. And so that's being a priest. And then the fourth part of being a priest, and this is just my summary of it, is we've given the ministry of reconciliation. So Corinthians talks about every one of us being, uh, being ministers to those around us to connect them to God. So your, your friends, your street, your neighbors, your classmates, your, your workmates, you and I as priests, we go and we represent God to help people connect to God. That's the role of every believer and it's the role that you and I have of being a priest. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look like an awesome priest to me. Come on, with a little more enthusiasm, you can do that this morning. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. All right. And so we talk a lot about being a priest here at church but also when you got born again or when you meet christ you don't just get the, the priestly dna inside of you you also get the royal dna the kingly dna or the queenly it's a i use the phrase king not in a, a generic in, in a genetic sense but in more in a generic so a male and female so it's royalty the bible tells us that you and i are part of a royal priesthood okay so we're royalty so how many royal royal lovers have we got in the house here today how many of you follow every decision every moment the wedding my wife is a royal tragedy a tragedy tragic <laughs> gotta get that right uh she's a royal tragic we went to buckingham palace we did the tour we walked through the whole the whole place we went to windsor castle we you know she just she read the book she watched she reads the magazines i think you're reading a book right now about the, the my husband and i about queen elizabeth and so she loves royalty and and i i I'm, I'm interested in it. It's, it's, it's interesting to me. It's fascinating. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it. You know it is. Uh, uh, part of, part of uh, our story for Danielle and I in getting together is, is that she used to drive to Brisbane as a midwife to, to go to, to uni down there uh, or actually to, to work down there at the Royal Women's Hospital and she would drive over my creek. I'm not sure if you've been over my creek, but if you've been to Brisbane, you've been over my creek. It's King John Creek. 
Next time you drive to Brisbane, then I'm going to let you go over my creek, okay? King John Creek. But she used to drive over that and pray a simple little prayer. God, I love John. Um, can I marry him? Was that how it went, babe? God, I, something like that. God, I love John. Can I marry him? True love right there. God answered her prayers in more ways than one. <laughs> uh, I'm joking, I'm joking. He answered my, he answered the needs I didn't know I had, actually. is more the truth of it. I needed a lot of help, and Danielle became that helper for me. And so kings, we're kings. You're, you're a king, you're a queen, you're, you're royalty. You're royalty in the kingdom of God. God wants us to get the perception, the, the image that He hasn't called us to be subservient to the world, but He's called us out of a connection to God to actually to be rulers. Okay, so kings, if you want to understand what kings would do, if we go to the, the Old Testament, kings would rule over dominions. Kings would govern areas of, responsibil of responsibility. Kings would have dominion over a sphere or territory and so so part of the the actual call that god put on on humanity adam and eve at the beginning he said i want you to take dominion over the earth i want you to govern i want you to rule and that that um, mandate that god gave to adam and eve hasn't changed that mandate when you get born again he says i want you to take dominion and my hashtag for this is dominate your sphere God wants you to find your sphere of influence and He wants you to take dominion or to dominate that with the kingdom of God on the inside of you. So when Jesus came, He came to announce the kingdom of God on earth. The way that God does things in heaven, He says, I want you to pray that that will be done on the earth. And so we understand that the church is the gate of heaven. So the, the way that God is going to come into the planet and change lives and systems is through coming through the church. This is the gate of heaven, through the house of God, through the gathering of the saints. That's the central place. But God wants to bring not just, not just salvation to individuals, but He wants to bring salvations to nations. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples of all nations not just all individuals but all nations and you can read that nations as both a geographical thing but you can also read it as the systems of the world the different areas or spheres of influence and god wants us to go into those are you doing okay with me this morning historically people have thought of this as there, of there being a number of pillars that make up our society some people call it the mountains that make up our society others would, would call it the spheres if you like and i've got just a shot that the guys are going to put up just of a, a a concept if you like that some people use of seven mountains or seven spheres or seven pillars so if we put this up in the middle is church or church or religion is another way for this and many people would think like this if we want to change the world we change people's hearts one person at a time but we also have to go into all the spheres of the world to change the world and so the church is the center of that and, and jesus uh, he said it like this i think if i can find the scripture uh, he said it in Ephesians that the church is not peripheral to the world, but the church is central to the world. The church is the main thing. The, uh, the Revelation says that the church will be the, the chief mountain. So if there are seven mountains, the one that rises higher above every other mountain of influence will be the church. Because through the church, the gate of heaven, God wants to change the world okay we're making sense so far so this is this is one that people use it's not like it's scriptural it's just to give us an idea out of the church the spheres of society to influence our family uh, they are governmental spheres that includes the the, the, the policy politics uh, legal sphere um, 
justice sphere, education, uh, media, some media newspapers, internet, TV, uh, not so much for entertainment, but for information that comes out. Uh, media is the newest sphere or the newest mountain on the block, if you, if you understand, and obviously very powerful in terms of influencing culture. Arts, entertainments, and sports. Most of them call, just say arts and entertainment, but for me, sports are very important to be up on this diagram. So I'm just adding that as part of the picture. Anyone with me here this morning? Thank you very much. Okay. Um, then we have business. And business is, is another sphere. So, so if we were to go around the room, many of us would say, if I was to say, where's your primary area of influence right now? A, a numbers of you it would be your family. Your family is where you're, you're serving and you're pouring into your children and you're raising them and that's your primary sphere of influence. Uh, some, some, we've got people in our church who are doctors and your doctors, th that area is really focused on ministering to families and influencing families. So th th there are others here in the police, in the defense force. We've got others who are in the health area. So without getting caught up of what sphere am I in, I, I want you to ask yourself this question. We can drop this down. I want you to ask yourself, what, what is the field that God's called me to right now? What is the sphere out through the church that God wants me to influence? Is it, is it your school? If you're in school right now, it's your school. If you're a teacher, it'll be your classroom. If you're a, if you're a principal, it'll be your whole school. Maybe it's the fitness industry. God's called you to be salt and light to, to influence. Maybe it's the medical field. Maybe it is the media. Maybe it's areas of industry that God wants you to have influence in. And here's, here's the way it works. As a king or as a, as a royal person, God's called you to have influence in a number of different ways. Wherever you are, He's called you to influence people. He's called you to influence the atmosphere, where, where you go, the culture, that you're, that you're part of and the, the success of the people who, are, who you're serving in that area. Okay, so the pe you want to influence the people, the atmosphere, the culture, the success. That means if you're working in an office for somebody, then, then every sphere right now, you'll have a boundary. You'll have a, a limit of your effectiveness of that sphere. So for example, you might go in and you're a teacher. Well, your sphere of influence primarily is going to be that classroom. That's the boundary of your influence. And then if God promotes you and you become the principal, then the boundaries of your influence expand and you have influence over a whole school. You might be, you might be a, a worker in an office situation and you've got a desk and really that's your sphere of influence, that desk and the people are around you. But then you might become a manager and, God, uh, and overseeing people and God gives you more influence. Or you might become the, the uh, leader of that, the general manager of that particular business. Your sphere increases. That might go really well and you're, you join a, a chamber of commerce and suddenly you've got more influence over areas. So that, that's if you understand the way that spheres work, there are boundaries within those spheres. And I believe God's called us, and prophetically I believe God's called us as a church to help to raise up people who will influence every sphere of our society, every area of our society, both as influences into those spheres, and particularly, I believe, on our church, God's called people to influence business as kingdom entrepreneurs. So that's why we're talking about influences and entrepreneurs. If you read the Bible, so many of the heroes of the Bible aren't pastors, they're kings. 
there that people like Daniel, who became a, the two I see in a kingdom, in the political sphere across four different governments. People like Joseph, who rose up and literally changed the, the direction of a whole nation by coming up with a strategic plan from God for how they were going to get through seven years of famine. You get, you get someone like Esther, and she gets in, and she's able to influence a, a kingdom because God assigned her for, to a sphere for such a time as this. And I believe if we have that mindset, not that we come to church to escape, but we come to church to get our thinking right, to get the presence of God on us, and to go out into the sphere of influence that God's called us to, then He wants to use us to influence that sphere. We're helping anybody here today. All right, so just two thoughts that I'd like to share around this today. The first one is, if we're, if we're going to be influencers and entrepreneurs, kings will be among your descendants, then we need to dream big and start small. We need to dream, dream big, but start small. Dreaming big. I love uh, Zechariah 4 verse 10 tells us this, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the day. Most of what God has planned for your life and your future in terms of influence will start in a seed form. It'll start in a small form. And God will give you a, a dream, but it'll be in the form of a, of a concept that'll come into your spirit. You'll conceive God's dream for your life and it'll come into your spirit. You'll get some clarity. You'll, you'll, you'll see something and it'll, it'll be usually bigger than what you can actually do, but it will always start small. That's the way of the kingdom. So Joseph would be a great example of this. Joseph uh, came, uh, came alive to God and he had a dream that these brothers and others and the stars and the moons were bowing down before him. Has this incredible dream. It's powerful. But then Joseph spends uh, decades being prepared for the fulfillment of the, of the ultimate dream by getting into different spheres of influence. And every time God put him into a particular situation, it was to prepare him for his future. Where you are right now is part of God's preparation plan for the future of influence that he's got for you. So the key is to not have your head and heart too much in the future, to have your vision there, but to have your head and heart in right now to be successful in the place that God's placed you. Because the way it works in the kingdom is God says, I'll make you successful here before I'm going to put you into a new sphere. And then I'll make you successful here before I put you into another new sphere. Rather than I'm going, God, why aren't you promoting me to a great sphere according to my dream? And he goes, it'd be great if you started turning up to work on time. It would be great if you became the best employee at your current workplace. It would be great if you were the biggest problem solver wherever you turn up. It would be great if you apply yourself right now because I want you to dream big, but you've got to dominate your sphere right now not your sphere one day ahead but your sphere right now joseph's the perfect example of this this is what i think i would love for people to say about you in the current sphere that god has placed you wherever you are and this is what it said about joseph the lord was with joseph genesis 39 2 to 5 so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his egyptian master joseph became a slave to potiphar he bought him as a slave. And yet because of his attitude of dominating his sphere, his attitude of being the best that he could possibly be, you watch what happens. Potiphar noticed and realized that the Lord was with Joseph. 
giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From that day forward, from the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. And his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. Here's the plan. Wherever you are, wouldn't it be great if the, the owner of the business that you cut hair in said, the moment I put Sally on to cut hair, the atmosphere changed. The business turned around. She bought something with her. More people came. There's a buoyancy. There's a joy here. And I've become prosperous because of her. And people recognize that God is on that person. That's the God plan for you and I to be kings and influencers in every sphere he's called us to. That's what he wants for us to have, for us to dream big but start small. That's why for me, uh, this powerhouse conference coming up is so important. Because for me, it, it, there's, there are dreams have conception moments. Dreams have moments in the presence of God where you get outside of normal, you go up the top of a mountain, and just like Abraham, God says, whatever you can see, you can have. And we've got to get to mountaintop experiences to see the future for God to plant a dream and a vision in our heart. And so suddenly we go, oh, I was just, I was just walking along with my head down, but God lifted up my eyes. I got into a prophetic atmosphere, and suddenly I got a download of something that might be five years away 10 years away 20 years away but God placed it in my heart in the in the prophetic atmosphere that's why I encourage every person who possibly can to take a day off work and be here on the Friday I have such I, I know that burning bush experiences happen when you dedicate time to be in the presence of God I know that, the, that God does a certain amount when we get together every Sunday, but when you get together for a day in for a couple of days, they're, they're just a, a spiritual sensitivity opens up. You get above your current problems, and suddenly God's able to show you something that you wouldn't be able to see unless you'd been in His atmosphere for a couple of days. I'm going to be spending some time fasting this week because I, I have a real sense because this is our first powerhouse conference and the beginning of a new era, I believe God's going to speak to people about the sphere and influence and vision that He has for your life that's not just for now, but people will look back in 30 years, 40 years and go, at the first powerhouse conference in our church, God put a vision in my heart for something in the future. So I want you just to build expectation. If you want God to speak to you, maybe just start to fast. Start to just start to do something. Say, Lord, I need you to speak to me about what you've got for my new era as part of the house. Does that make sense this morning? All right. That's, that's the first thing. Dream big and start small. The second thing is carry God's presence into your sphere of influence. If you're going to dominate your sphere, you've got the, you've got the unfair advantage. You and I, we've got the unfair advantage. I, I read this scripture during the week. The Lord spoke to me about this particular point, 2 Samuel 6, 11. It says, The ark of the Lord remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months. That's because David was trying to bring the ark back from the Philistines back to Jerusalem because he'd become the king in Jerusalem. They did it the wrong way. And so they had to sort of ditch it. And they left the ark at this guy Obed-Edom's house. Interesting name. Uh, and, and this is what it said, And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom, and his entire household. The ark is representative of the presence of God. So wherever the presence of God goes, comes blessing. 
don't know what happened. I heard about Edom. Probably woke up the next morning out in the shed. There's this glow coming from the barn because the ark's out there. The kids got to get out of bed exactly on time. They walk out. They've showered themselves. They came straight out and they just said, Dad, you're the best dad ever. I appreciate all the provision that you're giving for me. Then, then he went out and he didn't have to get the cows. They were already in. They were already in. They were already just, they just lined up beautifully. They were ready to go. They had double the, 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 the amount of milk that morning. The chickens began to lay double yolk eggs. It was just, the whole thing was just going crazy. Why? Because the presence of God showed up. Where the presence of God shows up comes blessing. So if your sphere is your family, if that's your primary sphere of influence, then your role, this is why we put the church in the middle, this is the way God thinks, is you get to the house of God, not just to do your religious duty, but to get something on you, to kickstart your week, to say, this week, Lord, I am bringing your presence into my home and I'm going to create an atmosphere that will allow flourishing. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to get here. I'm going to get something on me. I'm going to make sure I get my thinking realigned. And then out of that, every day, I'm going, to, I'm going to do things that will create an atmosphere where God dwells because I'm telling you, parenting is way easier when you've got the presence of God in your home. That means worship music is the first thing to go on in the morning. We, we fill our house with worship music or as much as we possibly can. That means that you're praying over the atmosphere. That means you're taking authority over the spiritual things that want to get into your home. That means you're declaring God's blessing. That means you're, you are the gatekeeper. Whatever you have as a sphere of influence, God gives you the authority over it. Therefore, nothing can get in unless you let it in, and, but you can dominate it and kick things out. So demonic influence, you can dominate and get them out. They might want to come in on different ways, but you're like, no, 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 I'm the guardian of this atmosphere. I'm the guardian. So that, if that's your sphere, uh, I met Mike Connell, who's speaking at Powerhouse, told me when he first got saved, and he tells this story, he was a teacher. And his, his kids were, were, were manic. He was in a public school, and they were crazy. He said it, it troubled him. And then he, he found this revelation of being a king that he could dominate an atmosphere. He said, my influence is the classroom. So he would go to school early and walk around the classroom and begin to pray over every chair and every desk and begin to rebuke the demons and begin to welcome the presence of God. And he said as he did it, the kids would come in and they would be literally different. They would sit down. They would be obedient because he took authority. He said teachers would walk past and go, what's going on in there how did you how did you change the atmosphere of your classroom one thing in the spirit room you can change the atmosphere in your spirit room that's where it starts that's that's not all you got to do don't just think i'm just going to fast and pray and god will look god will teach them no but you you, you can dominate the sphere dominate the atmosphere a, a friend of mine who was a furniture salesman was going um, his business was going bust and he, he heard this idea. He actually went to Bible college. Because you, you go to Bible college not just to become a, a, a minister, a, a pastor. You go to Bible college to become a man or woman of God. And then when you're a man or woman of God, you understand your royal authority is to, to take God's presence wherever you have a sphere of influence. And so he learned that and he, he began to, he said, I, I, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not selling any furniture. It's not working. I'm going to get there half an hour early. I'm going to put worship music on. And he said, and I would walk around the place speaking in tongues and inviting God's presence, laying hands on furniture, just saying, God, sell this, God, sell this. Lord, I want your atmosphere in this place. And he said, something changed. People would walk into that place 
Because the presence of God, you know it when you come to church, there's peace. There's, there's just a sense of well-being. People would walk into his showroom, I want to hang around here. I want to stay a bit longer. If someone wants to stay a bit longer. If you're in business, you know that's a good thing. They sit down in the chairs. They, they, they feel good. What is that? That's because he's understood that I can dominate my sphere of influence. I learned that in my business. When it was going backwards 20 years ago, I learned this principle. And I started to go to work half an hour earlier. And I started to take authority over spiritual things that were happening. I started to declare God's promises. I started to speak God's word. And I just saw my business go from 15 grand a month to 70 grand a month over about five months of every morning getting in there and realizing I'm not just a priest, I'm a king. And I have authority to govern, change the atmosphere. And you've got that same authority if you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, whatever your sphere of influence is. Wherever God's placed you, wherever God's called you, don't underestimate the day that you're in right now, the influence that you can have, both now, but what God wants to take you to. I see in this church people being the leaders in every sphere of society. I see people, kings being raised up in this house to speak into every sphere. I see them on TV being interviewed for their opinion. I see people being able to have influence, not just into an atmosphere or a culture, but an influence into a system and the way it's governed and bringing kingdom principles into particular realms of our society because we carry and understand the mandate of dominion that God's put on us. And I'd love to pray for us that right for that right now Father I'm asking this morning in the name of Jesus that you would help us to realize that we were born for something greater for every person in this place to have a revelation that we can carry your presence into the place that you've called us that we can change atmospheres change cultures and influence people for the sake of the gospel. Holy Spirit, come. Rest upon us. Help us. Give us courage. I'm asking, Lord, as we come to Powerhouse at that conference, there will be just the greatest amount of vision download visions and dreams will come into hearts as we get on that mountaintop you'll speak to us you'll show us things that we couldn't even comprehend but they're your plans for us for the future Holy Spirit I said a little bit earlier while eyes remain closed that there'd be an opportunity at the end of the service to invite God into our hearts you're here right now and you've never made a decision to become a follower of Jesus I'd like to help you I would like to lead you in that decision today you're created to be in relationship with God life won't really make sense until you're in that relationship with him you'll never fully discover your purpose because he created you with a purpose you'll never discover it till you discover him you'll find your life will be filled with anxiety worry until you meet the one who's the King of Kings and the Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ has done an amazing thing. He died on a cross so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be connected to God. 
And this morning, if you're saying, John, I want a relationship with God. In a moment, I'm just going to simply ask you to raise your hand. And then we're going to pray a prayer together while you're in your seat of inviting God into your life. Of asking for forgiveness for the, the sin that you've committed. And becoming a brand new person in Jesus Christ. Maybe you've made a decision like this before, but you're right now you're not walking with God. Then today's the day to get right with Him. Today's the day to come back to Him and make Jesus number one. Maybe you're just not sure if when you die you're going to go to heaven. I'd love to help you be sure about that. I'm praying that that would be the case. So Father, I pray for every person in this room who's away from You, who's feeling the drawing of Your Holy Spirit even right now, God, there's hope coming to hearts that things can change, that things can be better because you've got greater plans and that this moment is the beginning of something new. Pour your love out today. Pour the hope out today, Father. Greatest decision you could ever make is this decision. I'm wondering right now if this is you. I'm going to ask you in a moment just to do this simple thing, to raise your hand. I'll say, I see your hand. You can put it down. So if you're saying, I want that relationship with God, I want God, I want to become a follower of Christ, or I want to recommit my life to Him because I'm away from Him, or I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. Right now, if that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, John, that's me. I need God to come into my life. I need to connect with God. I need to reconnect with Him, wherever you are. This is your moment to get right with God. Would you just raise your hand if that's you? Because we're going to pray together. Today's your day. Today's your moment to get right with God. Raise it up high if that's you. We're going to pray. Christians are praying right now for this moment, for you to connect with God. Father, help us. Give us courage. Awesome. All right. In Jesus' name, amen. You can open your eyes. God bless you guys. Why don't we stand to our feet right now? I'm really hoping that over these next couple of weeks, I can, I can, just, I can see narrow vision becoming broad vision. I can see God lifting us into a new zone together with faith for something amazing for the future. Kings will be among your descendants. That's you guys. God bless you. Thank you so much.